The following is a presentation of Muddy River News. A great night's sleep starts at Harvey's Furniture. Check out the large selection of complete bedroom sets. And when it comes to mattresses, we have a full selection from Vemco, Spring Air, and Chatham and Wells. Harvey's Furniture, our home, your home. Welcome to Muddy River News this week. I'm Bob Goff. My guest today is Ray Long, of course, who wrote the book on Mike Madigan, the house that Madigan built. And uh, he, of course, has been also covering the trial in Chicago involving what has uh, been common known as the ComEd 4. But here in Quincy, and I, one of them was Mike McLean, the longtime lobbyist, former state representative. And now, Mike McLean was found guilty on nine charges of bribery. Ray Long joins us today. Welcome, Ray. Thanks, Bob. Good to be here. Uh, what was your, right off the bat, did the verdict surprise you at all? You know, it really didn't um, because juries can go either way on these. Uh, the other reason is because there was so much information that came out. I felt like I was running around every day of the trial uh, trying to catch a waterfall with a tin can. Uh, they really put together a broad-based case. And the really the only argument that um, the defense, including McLean, had was we're just doing business as usual. And the jury didn't think it was business as usual to be putting a, a bunch of people onto the payroll uh, that Mike Madigan wanted um, and by putting on the payroll uh, this is sending money to uh, subcontractors of a lobbyist to do little or nothing except maybe campaign for Mike Madigan so um, it was not your traditional uh, cash in a bag type bribe uh, it was a sophisticated uh, scheme and the jury uh, came out unanimous, of course, and, and said uh, that uh, they are all guilty on all counts. You know, in, in looking at this, uh, with, with ComEd, obviously, having to do a lot of business with the state of Illinois, being regulated by the Illinois Commerce Commission, for yes. them to get the breaks and the favors that they did, and they basically then turned around and passed those costs on to their customers, Illinois taxpayers. I think that's the thing that is the most egregious of it all is, is really that's how the system worked. And that's how people, when people are like, well, how does this affect me? That's how it affects you. Right. There were efforts um, to try to curb the amount of money going to ComEd. ComEd did have a good argument that, hey, what they put in place, especially in 2011, when they installed smart grids around so that you could figure out who was down, uh, whose power was down and whose was off and whose wasn't a lot easier than the old way by knocking on doors or waiting for somebody to call. Uh, it was computerized and, and that plus an upgrade in infrastructure, nobody can argue that that was bad, but uh, they set in stone and uh, then uh, got it re-upped several times, the idea that a formula rate uh, that would continue to uh, shove money toward uh, ComEd uh, was just uh, too lucrative. And the fact that all of this 
would be a sunset. So they always had to go back to Madigan to make sure they could keep on keeping on. Right, exactly. So that meant they were always beholden to the legislature, which um, a point was made in the trial that that was, uh, you know, that was part of the of the scheme. Although you can argue again, you can always make altruistic arguments about all the things they were doing. And one of the arguments for them on that was, well, the, the legislature wanted to see how well their law was going. Of course, on the flip side, you don't need to put a sunset clause in to make a, a law expire. If you don't like, like it, you can always change it. So um, it was uh, really something that forced um, or allegedly forced these uh, people with ComEd to come back to the legislature, as you said, to come back to Mike Madigan. What was what was the straw that broke the camel's back? What was the thing that, that in your opinion, as a longtime observer of, of Springfield politics and watching this trial, what was the thing that you think won it for the prosecution? Well, it struck me that uh, there were a couple of things. One was a juror even said yesterday that there were very candid conversations between Mike McLean, uh, who was a lobbyist, a longtime lobbyist, obviously, for ComEd, and then later a consultant, and John Hooker, who was a longtime lobbyist for ComEd, who's an uh, internal lobbyist for ComEd, their point guy uh, with the legislature. And then uh, he uh, also went on contract after he retired, stayed with them, and they had a very can candid conversation about how they uh, set up the whole system where uh, some of Madigan's guys would be slipped onto lobbyist payrolls as subcontractors. And those are the subcontractors who were basically ghost subcontractors. Most of them didn't have to do any work. Uh, one of them did some, <laughs> but it wasn't much at all. You know, and, and I think, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, that was that was what the juror said, and I also thought that that um, there was uh, an overwhelming amount of of uh, evidence that was presented that uh, covered many of the bases and raised many questions as to why they didn't stop at some point. They, it it was really not just. Uh, situation where Madigan created an atmosphere where you felt you had to give, allegedly, but that they uh, were happy to give because they thought that would help them get what they wanted. And I think when you look at, you know, how Mike Madigan, as, as you as you pointed out in your in your book, how Mike Madigan had accumulated all this power for the year over the years. And the only thing he cared about was that power was the right. fact that, you know, he always famously said, I just want one vote. I want your vote to be speaker. But then he took that, you know, he took his hammer, so to speak, and then used it on, on everybody to, to really bend the will, the political will of an entire state to, to him. Well, it, it's a really interesting study here because um, there is more, um, there is more coming. Uh, of course, Madigan and McLean are both charged with racketeering, and that will involve some of the uh, major parts of this scheme that was discussed here with the ComEd 4 that 
already convicted Mike McLean, but it will also include how they worked with uh, AT&T, which also has uh, uh, acknowledged that they had uh, worked with Madigan to put somebody on the payroll there uh, just because Madigan wanted him paid. So as a former legislator, and uh, this was, uh, this is going to be combined. It's a combined ComEd and AT&T trial so far. I mean, they came back with a superseding indictment. They initially indicted Madigan and McLean on this, uh, an offshoot of this ComEd scheme or, or uh, the overview of the, the overarching scheme of, of this ComEd issue. And then they came back later with a superseding indictment for AT&T. I'm not saying that I expect more, but uh, there's still a long time between now and the trial on April 1, 2024. And, uh, you know, like you said, AT&T and uh, ComEd have both paid fines acknowledging uh, right involvement in this and uh you know i think as you and you and uh, everybody else who covered this trial for the last few weeks wrote that uh although michael madigan was not on trial here he, he was on trial there. yeah it was definitely he's definitely the central character he's the missing elephant in the room in this trial and he was the guy that uh the, the jurors came out and said look um he created this whole thing. Uh, one juror even said, uh, if it hadn't been for Madigan, they would have, uh, these uh, defendants probably would not have been in the position they're in. Well, again, I mean, uh, like, that's very true, especially with, uh, you know, Mike McLean of Quincy, uh, Madigan's longtime right-hand man, again, best friends, vacation, the whole, the whole nine yards. And, you know, I've been trying to, ever since this verdict came down yesterday, I've been trying to talk to a lot of longtime Quincy political folks. Can't get very many of them to go on the record one way or the other on this. Yeah. Right? But they're yeah. they're willing to just talk about, you know, well, all the good he did. But, you know, also, you never said no to Mike McClain. Nobody in Quincy ever did because yeah. they all knew what could happen. And again, uh, you know, Mike, you know, when, whenever a road, you know, whenever Tom Oakley wanted a road road or a bridge built, he went to McLean, who went to Madigan, and that's how the system worked. And you had a lot of, uh, you know, again, a lot of politicians um, who, uh, you, who on both sides of the aisle recognized they needed Mike's help. Uh, he and our Ten House worked very closely together. Our Ten House, of course, succeeded Jeff Mays, the man who knocked Mike McLean out of yeah. the house, which... Right. McLean has joked numerous times over the years. I want to thank Jeff Mays for making me a rich man. And he, yeah. he said that, and yeah. uh, you know, and, and trying to talk to these guys, but everybody's like, you know, nobody, I think really, Mike did a lot of good things in Quincy. People do acknowledge that they still want to acknowledge that they don't want to acknowledge what just happened. Um, although it is definitely the opposite side of a coin. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, even the jurors came out and said that, uh, we like these people, these four defendants, but what they did was wrong. And so uh, they have to be held accountable. And, and you know, you can give all the money to all the churches you want and all the schools you want, and you can do all the fundraising and get things named after you and stuff, but you still can't do certain things. And I think right. that's what yesterday's decision was. Look, that doesn't matter. What matters here is 
you used the system for your benefit, for your personal and political benefit. And those four people who were found guilty on all charges, again, there, there's not a lot of wiggle room when, when it's guilty, unanimous, every charge. Right, right. Yeah, I think uh, they were shocked, uh, the defendants, uh, that it was co a complete, clean sweep. What's, uh, you know, one thing I haven't seen, do, do we have any idea of what sentencing could be? Uh, well, the uh, conspiracy charge brings with it a maximum of five years. The bribery counts bring a maximum of 10 years and the falsification of records could be 20. Now, no way I see that they will get uh, as many as 10 or 20 years, but um, this will be a real interesting sentencing because all of these folks have not been career criminals and ha don't have records, so they can make an argument for some leniency but I don't know whether the judge will be in the mood for that. Certainly, I don't expect the prosecution to be in the mood for that. So there'll be certain guidelines that, that they'll follow and they'll have to go through all kinds of uh, uh, calculations, uh, practically calculus, to get to the uh, minimum and maximum that they can, that they can sentence. And uh, then, we'll, then it will be up to the judge to see what, um, what he thinks is fair. It's interesting because uh, Judge Harry Leinenweber used to be a, a legislator himself. Of course, it was many, many years ago. He left, I believe, in about 1982, 83. And so he, um, he understands the world of Springfield. Obviously, he was there 10 years. And he um, may be able to put it into a perspective that very few people could. Ironically, he served roughly the same time as McLean. Yes, yes, that's true. Well, um, and do we know when that's? Do we know when sentencing is going to be? They haven't set the dates yet. And then, of course, we will we'll have appeals. It sounds like. Right. And yeah, then we fact, have next April. So. Yeah. yeah. Then we'll come back in April. First is the, uh, the racketeering trial with McLean and Madigan. You're right. Final question. Uh, has this has this put a damper on how the way on the way business is done in Springfield? Well, it should, but um, there is a caveat. Not everybody has been wheeling and dealing in this what this way or this manner. So um, it may be a good thing for the folks who have been straight shooters as lobbyists and lawmakers all along, but the ones who have been uh, doing things, uh, you know, stretching the limits or going beyond the limits of what's uh, legal will, will certainly be a little bit more careful if they're smart. Ray Long with the Chicago Tribune. Thank you for your time. And I'm sure uh, we'll be talking again soon down the road. Yeah, thank you, Bob. Good to be here. All right, Ray Long. I want to again thank him for his time. I want to thank you for watching Muddy River News this week. I'm Bob Goff. We'll see you next week.
Muddy River News. Our home, our news.